Sunday morning. And for those of you who will watch this service afterwards on the recording, we welcome you cordially as well. It's good to see so many families in church this morning. Um, We've got families of maybe senior school children as well as younger children, which is good. But we also have to send our greetings to two families who are suffering from COVID and would normally be with us. So we send our love to Miriam and her children and also to the hearts this morning. This morning is a special service um, because we are welcoming the Reverend Dr. Dave Gregory. Now, I was intrigued to learn about Dave. He's a scientist and a Baptist minister, and we're going to see um, what God has laid on his heart for us this morning. Dave currently is part of a team ministry at Croxley Heath Baptist Church, but he was also the president of the Baptist Union in 2018 and 2019. I really enjoyed learning how Dave studied physics and astrophysics and he worked at the Weather Centre and the Met Office, so I'm intrigued as to what we're going to learn. One of the reasons we invited Dave, he's known as Dr. Dave, I understand, at his church, is because he invented the concept of messy church where he uses experiments to help the following... And this is really important because it's very inclusive. He uses it to help children, their parents and carers, and their grandparents, and the wider church family to enjoy science and through it connect to God and faith. And I think that's wonderful for us as we come to worship this morning. So Dave, you're very welcome. And Carolyn, his wife, has come to support as well, and you're welcome with us this morning. So, we've welcomed our church family. I also bring news of a member of our past church family. And I'm sorry to announce that during the past week, we've heard of the passing of Marion Bishop. Marion was the wife of Paul Bishop, who was our minister here for 15 years in the 60s and 70s and therefore will be remembered and loved, I'm sure, by many. Marion has been living in Lewis with her son Tim and we think of him and the wider members of her family and reassure them at this time of the love and prayers of the community here at Brighton Road Baptist Church and I'm sure you join me in sending those condolences and love this morning. We'll let you know the funeral arrangements when they're announced this coming week. Thank you. Morning everybody. It's lovely to uh, be with you uh, today to worship uh, together Summer, so I can do some more uh, work around science and faith 
No? Somebody thinks it is over there. There you go. Is that better? Fantastic. Do I have to start again? No. Well, let's not do that. I, I, I work part-time for my church now. And um, I, I spend some of my time doing science, some of my time doing the environment. I know you're an eco uh, church here. You've got a silver award, which is fantastic. My church has only got a bronze award, so you've done really well to get silver. And... And I know in some of the um, meetings I've had in the South East Association from when the Baptist Union Environment Network, some people from your church have been on those calls, which has been really good to see. It was so good to see. I think, I think that was the most we ever had on a Buen local meeting from the South East Association. So we were really glad uh, of that. Um, I've actually been to this church before a couple of times. I, we came a long time ago for the dedication of uh, Caroline's cousin's children before you had this beautiful building. And we came, sadly, a couple of years ago for my aunt Caroline's aunt's funeral, Eileen Morgan, who was a member here for a long time before she moved away. So it's, it's nice to be back under happier circumstances. So just to explain a little bit more about who I am, this is how I introduce myself when I go into schools, especially, to talk about science and, and faith. Um, so here we go. This is what I am. Bottom right, you know what that is, don't you? Interestingly, when you ask children in schools, especially non-church schools, what that is, they come up with a variety of answers. I've had anything from vicar, bishop, pope. That's my favourite one, pope. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a minister of a church, but my previous uh, job I was a scientist. Uh, I, never, I never really looked like that as a scientist. My wife does. She's a chemist. I was a physicist. I, I work with big computers. But actually, when I'm doing services like this, when I'm doing things with Messy Church, I do put a white coat on because that's what people think that scientists look like, isn't it? So let, let me put me... This is my wife's old lab coat because uh, she works as a science technician in a school uh, for a few more months anyway. There we go. Feel more in character now. Yeah, I, I used to be a scientist. I first was an astronomer. I did my, my training in astronomy, but I got sidetracked a little bit by clouds, uh, as you do. And I uh, ended up working on clouds, ended up working for the Met Office, I ended up working at the European Weather Centre, which sounds really, really, really amazing place to work. You've worked at the European Weather Centre. Sounds really exotic, doesn't it? Yeah, it's in Reading. Um, <laughs> And um, so I worked, I worked in the meteorology and the weather for about uh, 15, 20 years, uh, building weather forecasting models, building climate models, um, which we're still using today. And then um, kind of followed a call, well, it was a call from God to work full-time with the church and kind of now finding my calls back the other way to bring things together, which is amazing. It's how God's working in my life. And uh, as... As Judy said, I do some work with Messy Church. I didn't invent the whole of Messy Church, Judy. That's Lucy Moore for you. That's, she's the star. I, I got involved a few years ago with a project we called Messy Church to Science. So we use science experiments in the context of a church and Messy Church to, as I say, to, to explore the wonder of creation 
and the wonder of the Creator. If you want to see a few more of those, go to YouTube. Google Messy Church Does Science on YouTube. There's, there's eight or nine videos I did in my kitchen during lockdown. <laughs> kitchen experiments for families to enjoy and links to, to prayer. Um, I've, I've been interested in science uh, since I was about this big. So I'm, 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 nearly, I'm 60 now and uh, I've been interested in science since about seven in the 1960s. Because um, in the 1960s, the Americans did us all a favour and they sent people to the moon. And I started seeing pictures like this that they took when they were around the moon. This picture was taken uh, on one of those missions and it came known as Earthrise because they saw the Earth rising up above the moon's horizon rather than the moon rising up above the Earth's horizon. You ever seen that? How big the moon looks when it hangs over the horizon? I saw it the other... You've never seen that? Well, you need to get your parents to take you to somewhere that's clear where you can see the moon coming up. Sometimes on the horizon it looks much bigger when it's actually in the middle of the sky and it looks absolutely fantastic. But you look at a picture like that and it asks lots of questions, I think. Why, why is the earth blue and brown, and if you look carefully, white and green? Why is it, why is it all those shades of colour? And why is the moon just kind of grey and silver? That's right! So the earth is full of life, but the moon hasn't got any life in it. And sometimes when you look at that picture as well, you, you, you realise how special the earth is. But actually, it seems a bit small hanging there on its own in the darkness of space. And you can look at a picture like that and actually we think this lots of times in our lives. We, we think, how special are we? How special are we? Do you know who were the first people to go to the moon? Any idea? Yeah, who was it? Yeah, anybody want to add a few more names? What, Neil Armstrong? They were all astronauts, you're right. Any other names you can think of? We've got Armstrong, Aldrin, and... Collins, Michael Collins. So Armstrong, Aldrin and Michael Collins, they were the first people to go to the moon, weren't they? No. One of them stayed in the rocket, that was Michael Collins. Nobody can remember his name. But they were not, they were not the first people to go to the moon. The first people to go to the moon took this picture. And they were three astronauts. As I don't know your name. What's your name? Lila. 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 Thank you. As Lila says, they were astronauts. Three astronauts took this picture were Borman, Anders and Lovell. And they went to the moon, but they didn't land like Armstrong and Aldrin. They just went round the moon and they took this picture. And we've actually... On the web, you can listen to a recording of them seeing this for the first time. And they're scrabbling around to get a colour camera to take a photograph out of their little window. 
and basically they're going, wow, that's amazing. And those moments of wonder, they can connect us with a sense of the wonder of God. By the way, I I still like rockets. These are my rockets. I've got a collection of Lego rockets around the house. We're moving in a couple of months' time and we're going to a much smaller house and my wife's saying, what are you going to do with those rockets? I'm not quite sure where I'm going to put them. That's my Saturn V rocket, that's the moon rocket. And there we are, that's my Lego lunar module with Neil Armstrong coming down the ladder to land on the moon. Pictures like Earthrise cause us to ask big questions, but you don't need telescopes or rockets or microscopes to make that happen. You just need your eyes, really. We know that because in the Bible, what people saw of creation, actually God used to speak to them. And actually God asks us some big questions through the wonder of it all. This is what God said to Job in Job chapter 38. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loose the cords of Orion? You can see those constellations in the sky now, although in town it's a bit difficult. You can see Orion. Can you lead forth the constellations in this season? Can you guide the bear with its children? You can see the, uh, the great bear and the small bear in the sky as well. Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Well, actually science enables us to answer, well, yes, a little bit, but we've still got some questions. Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can we understand how the world works? Well, yes, through the gift of science, but we still have questions. But actually as we do that, as we engage and look at the universe, as we engage our minds with that, maybe we come to appreciate how amazing the God is who has made this world. We're going to pray together before we sing some songs which express the greatness of creation. This is a a little interactive prayer, so uh, I'm going to go through it with you because there are actions. Do you like doing actions? thought so. (laughs) So, uh, why don't we all stand, if we're able? And I'm going to read the words in white, and we're all going to do the words in yellow, but when you read the words in yellow, you need to multitask a little bit. So I'm going to go through them. So the first words uh, are about, uh, you know, our voices declare it too, but we're not going to shout that out. Layla. voices declare your praise. And then when we talk about the rushing winds and the swaying trees, we've got to sway from side to side. If you, if you really feel energetic, put your hands in the air, be like a tree. Come on, be like a tree. Come on. Show from side to side. Here we go. And then um, we're going to talk about the, the splashing rain. So you've got to make rain noises, so you can do that by drumming your fingers on your hands. And then we're going to talk about the wobbly waves, so we kind of make wave motions like this with our hands, that's easy. And then when we talk about all creation, it's just freestyle. 
<laughs> Do what you want. Okay, are you ready? The silence of the starry sky sings out your praise and The rushing wind, swaying trees, sing out our praise and our bodies declare it too. The splashing rain, refreshing the ground, sings out your praise and our fingers declare it too. The wobbly waves crashing on the beach declare your praise and our hands declare it too. All creation, skies and sea, valleys and mountains, animals and plants, planets, stars and galaxies, sing out your praise and our whole lives declare it too. We're going to use our voices to declare our praise of the God of all creation and sing a couple of songs, indescribable. Oh, from the highest of heights, indescribable and who paints the skies.
shape the universe in which we are a part. You reign gloriously over it. You breathe life into it and you breathe life into us. Help us today to see you in the wonder of your creation to see you in the wonder of the life that you share with us. Life beyond anything we might know on our own. Life that is shared through the freedom that comes through your death on the cross. And through the power of the Spirit which raised you to life which is at work within us. So free us this day to honour, to worship you, to praise you and to live more for you. Amen. Okay, so we've looked at the moon from afar, but why, why, why look at it from afar? Why not go there? Why not go? So we're going to do some experiments because I thought we could all go to astronaut training school today. Do you fancy that? Astronaut training school. Some of you look a bit worried. Like it's going to involve you jumping off the balcony or being whirled around in the air on a piece of string. Don't worry, it's pretty safe. Don't worry about that. We're going to do some experiments to explore whether you would make a good astronaut. Because I hear the Americans are thinking of going back to the moon. It, it, well, they keep saying in about three, two years' time, but I don't believe that. Anyway, maybe in 20 years' time, they'll go back to the moon. Uh, it's not going to be called Apollo this time, it's going to be called Artemis, and they're going to go back, and they're going to stay for longer. And I hope I get to see that. That would be fun. But to go to be an astronaut, you have to be pretty amazing. You have to be pretty special. So we're going to do some tests with you today. What we're going to do, we're going to make sure you're made of the right stuff. Does anybody think they're made of the right stuff to be an astronaut? You do. I thought you would. Anybody up there think they're made of the right stuff? Thank you. No? No? Yes. Well, we're going to find out. So what we're going to do is we have, to, we have to do some basic tests upon you to begin with. We have to test your eyesight, okay? And we have to test your hearing, and we have to test how fast you are, how good at you reacting to... Because some, sometimes being in space is dangerous. You know, you have to be quick. Think quick and act quick. So, we're going to test your eyesight first. So I am going to show you some pictures on the screen 
And in the picture, there will be either a number or a shape. And if you can see it, put your hands up and I will see if you're right. Okay? You ready? So here we go. Can you believe your eyes? Let's hope so. You ready? Oh, by the way, we're doing this because that's what a spaceship looks like. And there are all kinds of different coloured buttons. And you don't want to press the wrong button. Because you might, you might eject something or open the hatch when you don't want to, and that, would, that wouldn't be a good thing. So you need to have good eyesight. Right, here we go. Ready? First, first picture. Hands up if you can see the number in that. Who can see the number in that? Yeah, at the back, what do you got number? Six. Anybody else see six? Yeah, great, okay, well done. What about that? Can you see that number? Yeah, what, what number is that? 42? 42, the answers to life, the universe, and everything. 42, okay. Anybody struggling to see these? Some of you are, okay. Um, what about that? Can you see that? What do you think that is? Hands up, you know. What, what do you think? A bear. A bear. You don't see many of them in space. What about this? What's that? Anybody see that? It's a duck. It's a duck. Now, did anybody struggle to see a number or a shape? Yeah. Um, I don't want to worry you. But these are colourblind charts. <laughs> they detest colourblindness of various things. You might want to go and talk to your doctor <laughs> um, or optician. So anyway, oh now some of you did really well. So well done, well done. Now we're going to test your hearing next because you've got to have, you've got to hear the people talking to you back at Earth. And sometimes that can be a bit crackly because it's a long, long way, and it's not like speaking to somebody in a mobile phone. Although these days, actually, they can talk from mobile phones down to the Earth from the space station, so it's coming up. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play you a very annoying sound. Okay, we're not going to play you for very long, but um, everybody's got to stand up, so if you all stand up, if you can, I'm going to play you this very annoying sound. And when you, it's going to slowly increase in pitch. When you can't hear it, sit down. And we'll see you standing at the end, shall we? Okay, you ready, Jeff? Go. Right. Who was standing at the end? Two of you. And over here as well. That's fantastic. You've got really good hearing. Because if you didn't notice, the olders, older ones are amongst us. I know, it's really annoying, isn't it? I won't do it again. 
the older you are, the quicker you'll sit down, because as you get older, your hearing starts to degrade. And when you're young, you can hear much higher pitches of sound, which is why the children and some of the young people are still standing at the end. So some of you've got really good hearing. You, you, obviously, you're made of the right stuff. And now we're going to find out how fast you are. By the way, sometimes, when in some community places, when they're having trouble with teenagers, you know, at night, you can, you can buy devices which emit those sounds, which grown-ups can't hear, but teenagers can. It's a bit annoying, isn't it, if you're a teenager? Yeah. So how fast are you? Okay, so... Um, we're not going to get to rush around because that, you know, it's a bit, might be a bit dangerous. But uh, we're going to do a simple experiment to see how fast you are with a ruler. So I need some volunteers. I need hmm, three or four people. Yeah, come on. Anybody else want to come and join in? Yeah, thought so. Come on. Always glad to have a willing volunteer. Anybody else want to come and play? Do some science? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a child. Can be a grown-up. Fantastic. Oh, good. Do you want me to line up down there? Right, so what we're going to do, it's a really simple experiment, this. All you're going to do is you're going to, I'm going to hold the ruler, okay, like that, and you're going to put your finger in your thumb there, and without telling you, I'm going to let go, and you've got to catch it. And the quicker you catch it, quicker it means that the electrical signals go between your eye to your brain, then down your nerves like wires to your muscles and you'll move. Okay? Okay, we're going to see how quick you are and who's the quickest. Anybody worried about this now? No. You sure? Right, and actually we can, from the distance on the ruler, we can convert it into reaction time. Do I get a new? You need, a bit of, you need a bit of mass to do that. Right, you ready? So what's your name again? Robin. So, Robin. No, give me some space. Give me some space. Come, actually, come out here. If you could go and stand between the table and the lectern, then people over there can see. You ready? We're going to turn you that way. Ready? You sure you want to be that far apart? You sure you want to put your finger in some closer together? You ready? You sure? Oh! <laughs> Shall we do that again? Okay, you can really this time. Oh. We're going to try it again. Look, put, your, put them really close together like that. And see if you can get it this time. You ready? No, 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 no. Oh! Okay, I'm going to say now this time and you are going to catch it. Okay? That'll test your hearing as well. Three, two, one. Oh, no. <laughs> Three, two, one. Go. Oh, okay. That is about eight centimetres. That's about, I don't know, 1.2 second reaction time. Well done. Come on, then. Well done. 1.2. Remember, point, no, point one two. That's fine. Are you ready? You might want to put them closer together. I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to do it. Oh, well done. 15. So that means your reaction time is 0.173. You want to do it again? Thought you might. Are you ready? Oh! One more time, and then you have to go and sit down, okay? No, no, no. Come on, don't cheat. 
Oh, never mind. Right. Point one seven three. You can't sit down. What's your name? Bruce. So you're confident in this, Bruce? No. <laughs> Bruce, you ready? Oh, 17. Yeah, okay, about just under point two. Yeah, it's great. Good. And what's your name? Sorry? Miriam. So, Miriam, you ready? Did you get distracted by me looking around? Come on. Oh, well done. 23. It's about. Point two one. Well done. So, you've got the fastest time, didn't you? Well done. Well done. So that's just measures, as I said, how fast the signal goes from your eye to your brain to your muscles. So that's another way of finding out how quick you are. So you've got to be a pretty amazing person to be an astronaut. And all those experiments enable us to see something of the amazing things who we are with our eyes, our ears, our hands. This is who God has made us to be. Because sometimes we don't, as I said at the start, we don't think we're pretty amazing. There's a psalm in the Bible, Psalm 8, which says this, When I consider your heavens, when I look up into space, when I look at the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is mankind? What are human beings that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them? In the face of the vastness of the universe, which science now shows us, we can wonder who we are. And yet, you know, just the fact we can ask that question, who we are, the fact we can look out into the universe and, and try and puzzle out the way it works, how God has made it to be, that makes us pretty special. It makes us pretty special that in just one small place in the universe, we can actually try and figure out not only what happens here, but we somehow have an idea of what happens way, way out, even at the edges of space, even at the start of time. That's something that is absolutely amazing about us. It's, it's it's how God has made us to be with these gifts and abilities to explore, as we said, the wonder of creation. And maybe, maybe, actually as we do that, we start to get a glimpse of the wonder of the creator, the amazing God who's made us. And sometimes we think science kind of puts curtains up against God. But actually through it we get this sense of how amazing and wonderful God is that he's made the universe like this. And that leads us to praise. So we're going to praise God again with our whole bodies before we do part two of astronaut training school, which is going to involve everybody again. We're going to praise God with our amazing bodies in our next song. I'll wave my hands in praise and adoration.
confused sometimes with me. Everybody sit down, that's great. So we discovered that you are pretty amazing with your hearing and your sight and your reaction time. Some of you are made of the right stuff. But if you're going to be an astronaut, you need to understand something about science. And uh, you need to understand something about gravity. So we're going to do uh, something uh, to understand gravity at the moment, uh, a matter of gravity, and it's going to involve every one of you. And all you need is, you all need some scientific equipment. And I've brought enough, I think I've got enough for everybody. I've got a hundred set of scientific equipment kits. It's in these bowls here. And in these bowls, these are real 10p pieces. Ooh, got a hundred of those, so I hope there's enough for everybody. So everybody needs a 10p piece. I would like these back. <laughs> and in here, I've got some £10 notes as well. Except these aren't real, these are fake. <laughs> now, somebody, my wife likes, my wife's interested in money. She told me this is illegal. Um, you can't print your own money. So just be careful, it's only on one side. Um, but just to, just, to, just to defend myself in doing this, I downloaded this image off the Bank of England website. <laughs> okay? So everyone needs a 10p piece and a fake £10 note, and I need one as well. So, um, who's going to take those around for me? Do you want to take them around? Make sure everybody gets one. Do you want to? Can you do it as well? Give everybody's got to have one, okay? So we just wait a minute till everybody has a. Uh, and we're going to do an experiment that um, a scientist called Galileo did about 500 years ago. Except he did it in Italy. He did it um, using the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Unfortunately, we don't have a Leaning Tower of Pisa. Fortunately, your building is not leaning. Um, but uh, this is uh, a simple way of doing it in a, in a kind of an easier way, locally. Just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. <laughs> science sometimes can take time. Everybody thinks science is really uh, exciting and you're making new discoveries every day. There are some times when you're a scientist it's incredibly boring and you have to have a lot of patience to uh, do the experiment over and over and over again or to come up with it a right idea. So this is one of those moments while we're setting up our equipment. How are we doing? Who's got their equipment? Who hasn't got their equipment yet? Okay. We're getting there. Now this is the first time I've done this as a mass participation experiment. <laughs> Normally I just do it at the front as a demo. Uh, but I thought, well, you know, we'll try something new this morning. Uh, it should go okay, I think. Let's hope so. How are we getting on? Oh, still some over here. Just, just over this side. There we go. Thank you. Great. One of each. Great. Okay. Is that, has everybody got them? Oh, upstairs. You haven't got them upstairs, have you? Oh, dear. Oh, you have got, you've got your own £10. Somebody's brought their own equipment with them this morning. Oh, somebody's got their own. Oh, that's good. If you've got your own money, that's fine. I don't think we've got time to give you yours upstairs, I'm sorry. So, um, right, so, we, uh, probably we need to stand up at this point again. So you've got a 10p and um, a 10 pound note. 
And uh, the question is, if you drop them, don't drop them yet, we're going to do it all together, it's more fun if we do it all together. If you drop them, which will hit the ground first? Okay? Which will hit the ground first? So, if you think it's the coin's going to hit the ground first, put your hand up. Great. And if you think this is going to hit the ground first, put your hands up. You use 10p piece. And if, if you haven't put your hand up because you don't want to look an idiot when you get it wrong, put your hand up. <laughs> right, are you ready then? Here we go. We're going to have a countdown. Three, two, one. Then we're going to drop them and we'll see which hits the ground first. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go! Right, so, who thinks, who thinks the 10p piece hit the ground first? Who thinks this hit the ground first? Okay, so, the question is, why, don't shout out, why did the 10p hit the ground first before the 10 pound Any ideas? Yeah. £10 note is lighter than 10p piece. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Any other ideas? Okay, so it's something to do with the air slowing it down, you think? Is that right? Is that what you meant? It's floating on the air. Yeah. Any other ideas why this hit the ground first? Sorry? Density. Density. It's denser. Yeah, it's denser, it's heavier. Yeah, it's another way of looking at it. What? Go on then. Gravity pulls both of them down, but actually this, this one goes down faster than this one. So, um, you say this, is, it, this hits the ground first because it's heavier. Yeah? You later thinks it's something to do with the air. So, how can we fix that? How can we, how can we test that out? I'll tell you what. What you can do is fold your £10 note up. Fold it up. And so, it's about the same size as your 10p piece. Because if it's to do with the air, they're now the same area. So maybe the air will affect them the same, same way. That's, we're trying to minimise air resistance. Okay, done that? And now we're going to do the experiment again. You can stand up if you'd like to. And we go. You ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Now, do you want to do that again? Because it's quite difficult to see. You ready? Three, two, one. So, who, who like uh, who like Layla there thinks that coin and the note hit the ground at the same time? Who thinks that? Me. Thank you. Who thinks the coin still hit the ground at the same first? Yeah. Who thinks the note hit the ground first? Me. Well, if you'd have done the experiment really well, you should have found roughly that it hit the ground at the same time. And the reason's right, 
because the, it's the air that is stopping the note get to the ground quickly. This doesn't feel the air resistance as much. Although you do said it hits the ground because it's heavier. Did you know, until 500 years ago, that's what people thought, people have thought that for 2,000 years, that lighter objects got pulled down towards the earth, fell to the earth, more slowly than heavier objects. And what Galileo did, is he went to Leaning Tower Pisa, he didn't have a 10p piece and a 10 pound note, he had cannonballs. He had a big cannonball, and he had a really big cannonball, and he dropped them off. Hopefully there was nobody underneath. He dropped them off, and lo and behold, although they were different weights, they both hit the ground at the same time. And that's how they discovered, actually, gravity pulls things down to the earth at the same rate. Everything feels the same force of gravity on the earth. But if you really want to do this experiment properly, you have to go to the moon. Okay? Where there is no air. And one of the American astronauts smuggled onto the moon a hammer. Well, he had a hammer anyway, because he was breaking up rocks. But he smuggled a feather. And he did an experiment on the moon's surface. And we can see the video of that. Cam, uh, we copied a boat cover wind and uh, pentacometer drum in the ETB. Not quite yet. I haven't put the solar wind in yet, but I will shortly. I want to watch this. Okay. I have a, a good picture there. I've got the Beautiful picture, Dave. Well, in my left hand, I have a, a feather. In my right hand, a hammer. And I guess one of the reasons... Uh, we got here today was because of a gentleman named Galileo a long time ago who made a rather significant discovery about falling objects in gravity fields. And we thought that uh, where would be a better place to confirm his uh, findings than on the moon. And uh, so we thought we'd try it here for you. Uh, the feather happens to be appropriately a falcon feather for our falcon. And I'll uh, drop the two of them here and hopefully they'll hit the ground at the same time. How about that? How about that? Mr. Galileo was correct in his findings. Okay, thank you. That's a pretty amazing experiment. Feather and a hammer hitting the ground. Gravity pulls things down to the earth, and God's love pulls us towards Him. But sometimes just like the air gets in the way of the 10 pound note, things get in the way of us being pulled towards God's love. So I want you to hold your 10p piece and your 10 pound note. We're going to pray. Look at the 10 pound note. Maybe there are things in your life or in the world which are getting in the way of you knowing God's love. We'll just offer those to God. Sometimes the things that we put in the way. Sometimes the things that other people put in the way or just circumstances of life put in the way.
and we let our tampan float to the ground and we say we're sorry God that we don't always allow ourselves to be drawn by your love. We pray you take those things away from our lives. And just like the 10p piece, help us, help us to be drawn close to you. Amen. So I'm going to trust you to put your 10p piece and your £10 notes back later on. We're not going to collect them up here, I'll just put them there. Okay? So I thought we'd do one more experiment before we finish with a final song. And um, it is about gravity. And it involves my uh, little, little thing here. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is called? It's not a, well, it looks like a ruler, but it's not a ruler. This is, this is what we call a pendulum. So this is what we used, to, um, we used to measure time with. If you've got a grandfather clock at home... Oh, hang on. Okay, that's fine. If you've got a grandfather clock at home, sometimes you'll find this inside of it because... One thing about this is it's very regular. It always swings back and forwards in the same time. That's how we used to measure. That's how we used to measure time before we got electronic clocks and things like that. Um, but actually, people didn't understand these for a long, long time. Actually, I think it was Galileo and people like him who discovered about pendulums that they always swing at the same rate. All it depends on is how long it is. Not how heavy it is, but how long it is. So this, uh, this is pretty useful, but it's pretty boring. <laughs> Isn't it? You could fall to sleep watching this. Fall to sleep watching this. But... You just make one change to this and it's a lot more fun. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I've got, you see this bottom bit is fixed. I'm going to take it away. I'm going to a little pin away. And now this bottom bit is wobbly. So what I've got is I've got a pendulum with another pendulum on it. And now things get a bit fun. Are you ready for this? I love this. Never tire playing with this, really. It looks like a wobbly body, doesn't it? It looked like some of you when we were doing freestyle prayers earlier on. <laughs> Do it again. The funny thing about this is, is that um, as a scientist you can write down the mathematical equations for this. But every time you do the experiment it will do something different. 
I mean, there are all there's there's patterns in it. It will do the kicks, you know. It'll do it'll do a kick, or it'll do a loop the loop, like that. There's always patterns in it, but you can't predict the patterns. You can't predict whether it's going to do a loop the loop the loop the loop and three kicks, or three loop the loops and two kicks, or three or four kicks and no loop the loops. You just can't predict it. It's very very sensitive, depending on how you start it from. This is what scientists call chaos. And although science tells us that the universe is very ordered and it's very structured, you know, there are laws by which it runs. And those laws are the same on Earth and they're the same at the edge of the universe. The more we look at creation, the more we discover, yeah, it is like that but also it's like this. It's a bit of a mess, really. But actually, the more and more we look at the smallest scales we can see, to the biggest scales we can see, it looks like this. And yes, it is a bit messy, but still in the mess, there are patterns. There is structure. It does behave itself. That reminds me of what we celebrate as Christians at the centre of our faith. That Jesus came to tell us, really, to show us the order of God, to tell us who God was, to show us who God was, to explain to us how God has made us to live And yet, he entered the mess too of our world when he died on the cross. And yet, although he entered into the mess, God raised into life. There is still order, there are still rules, there are still possibilities of life amongst the mess that he brings to us. At the start of the book of Hebrews, it says God has spoken to to us by his son through whom he made the universe. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? We we think so much about Jesus coming as a baby and living as a human being like one of us. That's really important. It says, again, how valuable we are. But here is one, too, who made the universe in all its wonder, in all its bigness, in all its smallness. Here is one who sustains things by his powerful word that in the middle of the mess sometimes that life can be he's still at work sharing love bringing life giving us order we're going to pray I'm going to see another video It's a recording of Apollo 8 astronauts as they went round the moon on Christmas Eve 1968 and they had to do a TV broadcast and they thought long and hard what they should say. And then one of their wives said, why don't you read this?
So just watch and listen. And allow yourself to be drawn into the wonder of creation and towards the love of God, then we're going to pray together. is wonderful we are amazing it's life and the world can be a bit of a mess and maybe that's how you're feeling this morning and in the middle of the mess we want to offer ourselves to God so I'm going to Swing the pendulum again. And as you watch in the messiness of its movements, offer your mess, the world's mess, to God as you watch. But God steps into the mess and he brings still life. So where in the mess do you see God's life coming in the smallest ways and the largest ways? 
Where is God at work bringing hope to you and to this world because of Jesus? Thank you, Jesus, that you shared the mess of our lives and our world. You bore its pain. And thank you, Father, that by the power of the Spirit, you raised Jesus back to life, bringing hope. So in our lives, help us to know your hope and be drawn to your love. In this world, we pray your hope would be present even in the darkest and messiest places. And we think again of Ukraine this morning. We thank you for small moments of mercy and hope amongst the terror of war. We thank you, Father God, that this world which you have made in such an amazing way, this world is still in your hands. Amen. And thank you for inviting me today. Thank you for joining in the experiment and the prayers. We're going to draw our service to an end before a blessing as we sing one more song. The word of God the Father celebrating Jesus' life amongst us. Please stand in prayer.
Well, thank you again for the invitation, and it's been great to share with you. A blessing as we end. May you see the glory of the Father blazing across the sky. May you see the love of Jesus shaping every flower and tree and life. And may you know God's Spirit drawing you to his love. Amen. God bless and thank you.